It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to maukbaker.com. That's M A U C K B A K E R.com or calling 312 726 1243. We all know that successful businesses need good leadership, board members, advisors, and so on. But is similar governance within the church really necessary? Today, I'll be speaking with Ron Edmondson, the CEO of Leadership Network, an organization that inspires and equips leaders in the church by cultivating collaboration within the body of Christ. Pastors and churches are able to have a more effective impact in their local communities. Ron, welcome to our show. Thanks so much, Witt. I appreciate you having me. Ron, can you tell us a little bit more about Leadership Network and why it was founded? Yeah, we were founded by Bob Buford. Bob is pretty well known as the author of the book Halftime. And Bob saw the rise of the megachurch uh, a number of years ago. We're about 35 years old. Large churches were being led by pastors who were trained in theology, but not in leading a large organization. And so Leadership Network actually began as Bob's halftime ministry. Okay. And uh, how is it that your organization helps to maximize the potential of the body of Christ and of these, of these churches? It's really through research and listening. That's the two things that we concentrate on. We try to see what's around the corner of culture and change and then help the church accelerate growth and innovation in a way that reaches the next generation of followers of Christ. Okay. Uh, is this only for megachurches? We primarily focus on megachurches simply because uh, we, we kind of follow the innovation curve um, dynamic of, um, you know, you, you, you impact the largest and that impacts the next size and so on. Um, through our distribution, uh, whether it's email distribution or uh, online, we actually end up impacting all churches. All right. So I, I guess what I'm hearing then is while you may concentrate your work on the, the largest churches, uh, churches of all sizes can really benefit by adopting these same kinds of methods and uh, processes. That's correct. Okay. And uh, uh, is governance an important part of this, church governance? Absolutely an important part. In fact, I came out of the business world into the uh, pastorate. Uh, I was a pastor for 16 years before I came into this role. And, uh, you know, good governance is absolutely critical for a church to thrive. All right. Well, what what aspects or what what makes good governance within within a church uh, body? I mean, we we have the New Testament, and uh, you know the the idea of governance there. But but how does that translate to our modern time? 
Well, I think uh, I would say three things are necessary uh, for good governance. Good governance helps us first stay legal, you know, financial accountability, follow the rules of HR and accounting and that sort of thing. It also helps us, though, stay focused. We're grounded on on a vision, on um, whatever the vision uh, is, which in our case is to make disciples. But then it also helps us to stay trusted, because ultimately that's that's what it's all about. If people can't trust leadership, and that's even more important today than ever before, they're they're not as likely to be engaged at the level that's going to truly help them become followers of Christ. Well, we've seen. Uh... You know, just in the Chicago area, a number of recent examples of very large churches where there have been, I would say, governance failures. Uh, and uh, so this is certainly something uh, we need to worry about. And, of course, those governance Absolutely. failures lead to a scandal on the gospel and uh, a lack of trust in the leadership and maybe to a destruction of the church's ministry. That's exactly so, right. So... What if you were uh, coming into a uh, a church body and looking to uh, help it? Uh, how would you start? What would you do? Well, one thing I would want to make sure that there were clear roles of authority. Who makes decisions? Um, you don't want to learn this at the time of crisis, and and unfortunately, when you read about it in the news, a lot of times that's what's occurred. There, they're scrambling to find the bylaws to see who's in charge. And you want the clear lines of authority, roles of authority early on. Um, you want to know how leadership is determined and how it's replaced. That's not always um, uh, clear to people. Um, you want a clear understanding of what the church believes and what it does not believe. And you want that in, in writing, again, before it's challenged in, in the media or in, you know, on, on the public square. And, and and then I would say you want some guidelines for just working with within the existing laws and culture and how the church is going to respond. And, you know, as an attorney, that's so much more important today than it, than it was even 10, 20, 30 years ago. But there just needs to be clear um, direction for the church of how they respond, especially in times of, of challenge. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of the law firm of Malk and Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit MalkBaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we've been speaking with Ron Edmondson, the CEO of Leadership Network, about good governance within the church. Well, when you talk about uh, uh, these these four things, uh, I noticed who makes decisions. Uh, isn't that just the pastor? <laughs> no, I would I would hope not. You know, I, again, I was a pastor for sixteen years, and uh, the one thing that I said to our board at one time: you can write all the rules, and the pastor still can mess up. You know, there, there's <laughs> there's. I used to say the only there's only three things that hold me accountable, and that's uh, ultimately, uh, and, and that's my incredible fear of failure, my uh, my strong love of Jesus, and my uh, incredibly nosy wife. Other than that, I got nothing. You know, <laughs> um, but you need good governance to to uh, for checks and balances, and 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 uh, especially in terms of whenever money or 
people and powers in, in is in the mix. You just you just need good governance there. Well, how do you develop a good lay leadership? Because obviously, if it's not the pastor, it's going to be the the lay leaders of your congregation. Well, it takes intentionality, and and honestly, it's um, I would take. I think a lot of pastors get caught up in terminology, and so that's one of the things Leadership Networks had tried to to shape over the last 35 years is that it's okay to talk about terms of leadership development and business principles in the church. And the church is a it's an organization; it's it's a group of people, and you see great leadership principles throughout throughout the scriptures. But if it makes it more palatable for pastors call it discipleship because that's essentially what it is it's it's building disciples in the church and and if you're going to follow even Jesus model that's going to be handing off real responsibility and leadership to people in in the congregation Jesus was the master at that he turned all, over his entire ministry to to the disciples to carry on well, and, and I guess just like in any other uh, situation, you don't want a lot of uh, yes men and yes women to be the leaders. You Absolutely. want people who Absolutely are willing not. to tell you the truth if you're, That's screwed, right. if you're screwing up. Yeah. That's right. And there's, I, I read a book a number of years, and I, I'm sorry I can't remember the, uh, the title, but it was about leadership within a, um, uh, a diverse congregation. And the tendency is to kind of pick out your leaders from the people who are already, you know, successful lawyers or successful business people and sort of bring them along. And maybe the, the minorities who, who are not, uh, have not yet been successful in, in business maybe are left out. Is this something you want to think about in terms of building church leadership? Well, absolutely. I, I, would, I would kind of fall in the middle on that. I mean, when it came to um, at finance, for instance, finances, for instance, you don't necessarily, you want a spiritual person on any level. You want a, somebody who's strong spiritually on any level of leadership in the church. But when it comes to handling finances, you want people who know a little bit about finances. They, they can read a balance sheet and income statement and understand the, the principles that make it up. I, I came out of the business when I was a pastor. And one of the things I always said is I wanted people surrounded me that were sharper than me about an issue. So if it was finances, I want somebody sharper than me on that. If it's personnel, I want somebody sharper than me on that. If it's uh, whatever that is, but then empowering real leadership. And that goes throughout the church in every area of the church, not just sitting on, you know, the top boards, but throughout, whether it's preschool ministry or the parking lot ministry, you need people who are empowered to lead and uh, and given real responsibility. Well, and I, I would just add to that, and I, I agree with you on that, uh, but I would add that God gives us the gifts, endows us with the gifts, a congregation with the gifts, to handle these specific matters. And I think we have to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to work within that. Coming up, we will talk further with Ron Edmondson, the CEO of Leadership Network, about other essential areas of development for the success of churches and pastors. I'm Whit Brisky, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Malcolm Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Ron Edmondson, the CEO of Leadership Network, about governance uh, for the church. Ron, what are some signs of uh, poor governance, if you will, in a church? Well, I think there are a few. I would say, um, one, the staff has too much power. We kind of alluded to that earlier. uh, While I believe in a strong pastor leader type of ministry uh, and allowing the staff to lead, the staff can obviously have too much power. Uh, The 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 other side of that too is the staff has no power. I mean, if, if somebody is called of God and been put in this position, uh, and we really believe God put them there, then we've got to give them some authority to lead. But then also, poor governance happens. I think when there are no clear lines of authority, um, when it's not been clearly spelled out, and we kind of talked about this earlier too, who's in charge when, um, when especially when crisis comes. Um, the third thing I would say is that the minority rules. And what I mean by that, it's poor governance when you're only listening to a few negative voices. Uh, Boards have to be able to stand for what's right for the church, and that's not always going to be the most popular thing for the church. And then the final sign of of poor governance that I would say is that fear is prevalent. Um, I've entered churches like that before where there was more control than empowerment. Um, And ultimately the church is a body of many parts. It's described in scripture that way. And all parts should be empowered to live their individual callings and purposes. So I think it's poor governance when we're afraid as individuals within the church to make a decision in our individual roles. Uh, I, I have a friend who wrote a book, um, listed all of the times in the scriptures when God said, fear not, or don't fear, or don't be afraid, or something. And there's like four or 500 different examples of that. It really was amazing uh, to go through that. And I think that's absolutely true, that when a church is paralyzed by fear or, you know, a negative feeling, that it can really just destroy a ministry. Um, and clear lines of authority. I, I know uh, from writing, for example, policies on uh, child abuse or uh, misconduct within the church, that when that arises, you need to know where to go, who's going to make the decisions, how this is going to happen. Because uh, if you don't, there's going to be just confusion at the top and no clear message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how is the church similar to 
to running a business when it comes to its its board, whether that's a board of elders or a um, board of deacons or trustees, whoever they're called. Well, again, the church has a mission. Um, it's it's not profit, as in the business world, it's to advance the gospel and make disciples, but a good board helps the church get there. Uh, As I said earlier, I came into the ministry out of the business world, and in the business world, I learned that good leaders surround themselves with wise counsel, whether that's bankers, attorneys, or human resource experts. I wanted to, to know I was making wise decisions as a business owner. The church has been called to that also. In fact, it's it's Throughout Scripture, we're told to surround ourselves with wise counsel. So I think when we consider it in that, it's not that we're not hearing from God, but God has equipped people in the church to be those that wise counsel for the church and for the pastor. Well, as I mentioned before, you know, if you look at, for example, um, Ephesians 4, there are gifts given to different people within the congregation, and we need to make use of those gifts uh, which may not all belong to the pastor. That's right. Yeah. Do you have any examples when uh, good governance made all the difference for a potentially complicated situation? Well, unfortunately, I, I have um, the answer. Yes, I have many. Unfortunately, I have some on the other side too, where there wasn't good governance in place, and it, it made all the difference. But uh, I know a church, for example, uh, one that comes to mind, where a pastor was really burned out. And this was a large church, which we worked with. And uh, it wasn't moral failure, but it was going to hurt the church if the pastor continued uh, in the role as he was at the time. And uh, this was a church where the pastor had strong leadership authority. He could have easily have manipulated his way uh, to stay in the role, but the board also had authority to step in and protect the church and the, to assist the pastor. And they did. The church has moved forward, and it's a healthy church today. And and the pastor is healthy in another role uh, in another church. So, I, I think had that governing structure not been the designed the way it was, it would have been a totally different outcome. All right, I'm going to give you another chance in a minute, but uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Whit Brisky of Malk and Baker, and we're talking to Ron Edmondson, the CEO of Leadership Network. And can you give me a counterexample? I guess you said you had other examples where bad governance led to really bad situations. Well, yeah, as we've talked about clear lines of authority, I, I know several instances of large churches where it was not clear uh, when the when the governing body could step in and in between the pastor and the church and make decisions on behalf of the church. And as a result, things were allowed to... Uh, I know one particular instance, I'm trying not to get too specific to, to you know, to call out a, a specific incident, but I know one in particular where um, literally the church was able to split or did split because the governing body was saying one thing, the uh, church, the pastor and members of the church were saying another thing. They literally ended up with police at the door representing both sides, the governing body and the pastor telling people they couldn't come in. I mean, it it was, it was just a mess played out in the press. It's just a terrible, terrible mess. 
And uh, it was just simply because there was not clear lines of authority spelled out. Well, unfortunately, uh, in my job, uh, uh, we've had too many of those kinds of examples where uh, the pastor uh, has gotten out of touch with the congregation, and we've had these kinds of uh, destructive, really destructive situations, which can um, destroy a ministry. Um, and, and the kingdom. It destroys the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and it's a yeah, it's a scandal on the gospel. What essential areas does leadership network focus on for churches uh, in terms of improving their uh, corporate governance? Well, we continue um, our leader development. I think is is a key part of that. We continue with what we started with of helping churches and pastors understand what good leadership looks like, and always included in that is the issue of governance. We just completed a, a governance one day, and we, we a lot of that we do actually through partnerships with, with people like ECFA and governing standards, and they're focusing on governance this year, so we point the churches to that a lot. But um, in, in this day, we're always trying to help the church see what's cutting edge and such as technology and use of big data. We're really entering the faith and workspace, taking the church from Sunday to throughout the week. But at the heart of all of that is, is that principle that the church has to be led in a healthy way. Healthy churches are absolutely critical uh, to advance the gospel. All right. And, uh, you know, my partner, John Malk, uh, likes to talk about uh, how um, the so-called lay people have their own ministries and ought to have their own ministries out in the world. Absolutely. And uh, I, I heard that kind of aspect of what you were talking about. So this is a way um, that we could really find leadership in broad areas of the church, not just in the pastor. Uh, and so do you do, you do uh, in effect, consulting work? Would that be how Leadership Network would work? Consult with yeah, the church we, or with the pastor? We do. We, we work more through small group cohorts, so 12 pastors, so to speak, in a room and, and working uh, to help them contextualize the information we provide them for their individual churches. It allows us to work with a lot of different denominations. But on a limited basis, then we come along and walk alongside of the church. We're actually looking to expand that in the future. I certainly think it could be uh, a useful area. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of uh, my own experiences with different churches. Absolutely. Ron, uh, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about Leadership Network? It's real easy. LeadNet org is our website. You can find all of our contact information there, a lot of the resources we provide, and, and then some of the programs that we offer, leadnet.org. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com. Visit our website and subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Whit Brisky, attorney at Malkin Baker. 
and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody. 